The way that I like to explain it to my friends is a little bit like using Spotify. And rather than going out and selecting a song, actually using a playlist. So in the market, you can either go and pick a company or a stock, or you can go and pick the market. So welcome to NZX's opening belt. In April, our theme is investor education. We're trying to get some top tips on uh, ways to become an informed investor. And today joining us is Stuart Miller, who's the chief investment officer at SmartShare. So Stu, thanks for thanks for taking the time to sit down with us. Great. Thanks. And thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. We're going to, I think, keep this pretty basic, get into ETFs. Uh, we can drill down a bit and just kind of see where the conversation takes us. So why don't, why don't we start with the key theme, big basic one. Most people would probably know this, but can you kind of explain just what an ETF is? Yeah, okay. So I'll just go straight to the acronym, right? <laughs> ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. The way that I like to explain it to my friends is a little bit like using Spotify. And rather than going out and selecting a song, actually using a playlist. So in the market, you can either go and pick a company or, or a stock, or you can go and pick the market. And an ETF gives you exposure to that market. Which would be the playlist. In one trade, yeah, yeah. which is exactly, it's, it's effectively your playlist on Spotify. Yeah, so you buy the playlist and you get, you've got five or six songs in there, whatever you have. Okay, and that, so that kind of would lead me to the next question. I think one of the big things about ETFs that people think of is a way to get diversification in your portfolio, but sometimes maybe they don't understand how important that is or how concentrated they might be otherwise. Can you talk about ways that ETFs help that and why it's important to be diversified? Yeah, and how you can use ETFs to kind of help you out there. Yes, if I continue with the analogy around Spotify, you know, you can use that playlist, but you want to make sure that that playlist has a genre. So you don't want to be exposed to one individual song, but you might want to just be exposed to reggae and lots of different songs within that genre. So an ETF can give you that exposure to a particular market but be well diversified yep. within that market. So, for example, the New Zealand NZG, which is our, our New Zealand gross index, uh, the NZG ETF gives you exposure to the 50 companies on the New Zealand market. The ETFs have such diversification power, which then just kind of smooths out the, the bumps and makes your portfolio more resilient. And so uh, smart, the SmartShares portfolio is all ETFs, and it's been growing for sure in terms of different asset classes and different things. What's the market view on them now versus when they first started to come out in New Zealand? And then I'll ask you a few more about specific smart shares one. But it's, it's growing for sure. Is that Would that be accurate? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think NZX was one of the first issuers of ETFs back in 1996. And at that time, you know, I, I do recall they were sort of considered really just for retail investors. They weren't really widely used amongst the institutional community. But you know, increasingly they're being used by you know across the board. Institutional investors even use it as uh, you know, within their portfolios for liquidity completions and you know, managing their portfolios. Yeah. In, in New Zealand, is there has there been a bigger push? Like I know in the US, has, seems like it's been there forever, right? And in, in New Zealand, I always feel like it's a little bit more of a stock pickers. There's some inefficiencies, things like that. Is are is the whole kind of um, passive investment or you know non-active management kind of coming becoming stronger and stronger in New Zealand that you've you've seen? Well, what what people are actually using ETFs for is to get exposure to a market. Yep. So they're effectively passive in their stock picking, and they're using that to build you know, well diversified portfolios, and actually using those tools to uh, manage their portfolios actively. Yep. Yeah. With um, allocations and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, mean, what, I think one of the things that, that investors are, are discovering is that you know a, a large uh, you know, proportion of the returns, or well, the difference in, in returns between investor portfolios, really comes from their asset allocation and what markets they're invested in more so than the stocks that they're they're picking at the time, um, and that's where ETFs can just give yeah. that exposure to that market kind of straight away. 
So talking about diversification, talking more about asset allocation and how to kind of smooth out your returns. ETFs are a great way to do that. What's important to keep in mind as you're diversifying? Yeah, well, if you think about it, if, if you're just getting into investment or you've got a lump sum to invest, if you, you want to get invested into the market, you might start by doing a bit of research and you know, buying one individual stock could result on a big gain or loss on day one. And that's not a great place to start because you're going to be you know, trying to recover from there on in. You know, the beauty of, of ETFs is that you know, with one trade, you are diversified by multiple companies. So you're basically getting your, your market risk in one exposure. And then from there, you can sell parts of your ETF and buy stocks as and when you, you do your research. And I think that's the real benefit of them. You know, they, they sit quite nicely alongside yeah. your stock portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And you could have a your ETF portfolio and then carve off a little bit to make some stock choices that are not going to have as big of an impact on your uh, performance overall, regardless of where they go. That, that's right. And, you know, these days you can get exposure to cash ETFs and bond ETFs. So, you know, if, if you're concerned about equity markets as a whole, sometimes there's nowhere to hide in individual stocks. Yeah. You know, all, 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 all boats can, uh, you know, fall with the, the declining tide. But, you know, investing into bonds or cash can, can really diversify your exposure. And you can do that also with, with one trade in an ETF. So SmartShares has a lot of listed ETFs. What what are the ones that you guys see are being most popular, the biggest demand for uh, out of the whole kind of group of them? Well, actually, I mean, there's a lot of demand just for the what we call the core ETFs. Yep. So those are the basic ETFs, very low cost exposure to those main markets. And this is where, where advisors and, and retail investors are, are seeing the benefits, investing into those, those core markets initially. And then they'll um, go out into more obscure markets later on once they, you know, become a little bit more sophisticated and, and start to understand how they can use um, ETFs to get those exposures. We're due to launch two new ETFs, um, you know, global property and infrastructure, and those are the sort of ETFs where people start to look for once they want to diversify away from just equity market um, and get exposure to some of those those um, bigger markets that aren't that well represented within listed markets. How are things affecting you guys in terms of inflation and some of the volatility and all the things that are going on out there that most investors are kind of talking about? Is that impacting your investment views or, or product choices, things you might develop in the future? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily affect ETFs as a whole. We've got all you know, a different range of ETFs, different markets. So like I said before, we've got bonds, uh, we've got bond ETFs and cash ETFs and infrastructure ETFs. So, you know, if you're in an environment and you expect inflation to rise more than what the market does, in that sort of environment, then infrastructure assets can provide quite a good hedge against your, the equities in your portfolio. You can form and implement a view, yep. certainly from a, from a macro or asset allocation perspective, by using your ETFs. And to be honest, it's not a lot different to what other institutional investors do. Yeah, you know? yeah. Talking about growing the product offering, what, are there any exciting things coming up that you guys are working on? In terms of new um, new ETFs, that could be could be of interest. Yeah, that you could talk about. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. In, in in terms of really exciting ETFs, I mean the new ones we've got coming on, um, like I talked about before, uh, moving into infrastructure and global property. Um, you know that that's a, a good place to be going. Uh, we're launching a, a three to five year duration global government bond ETF. Um, and so that's for investors that might have New Zealand bond exposure. They do want to diversify their exposure into uh, global government bonds, but don't want to take the uh, additional duration risk or risk that comes uh, with those those markets at the moment. And the, and the reason why we're only really sort of, um, I guess, building out those core exposures is one, because of that demand I talked about before, you know, investors wanting to just get those basic core exposures. 
Uh, we're then moving into those diversifiers away from, from equities, um, expanding the range of, of bond ETFs. Um, and that is largely because in the past we've already launched um, factor ETFs. So you can get exposure to either just U.S. large caps, you can get exposure to uh, U.S. value or growth. So, you know, if, if you think that tech stocks are going to do well, you can invest into the U.S. growth fund. And a, a couple of years ago, we also launched some thematic ETFs. So mm-hmm. automation, robotics, uh, the other one was healthcare innovation. Yeah, yeah. And some of the returns on, on those sort of uh, funds are great. Obviously, over the last little while, while interest rates have been going up, tech's been a little bit out of yeah. favour as, as valuations have come down. But, you know, those are... You know, long-term thematics that will have tailwinds behind them for some time, and you know, getting exposure to those markets can can serve you well within your portfolio. Are you going to see more flows go now that rates are rising? Are you seeing more money flowing into the the bond ETFs, or are people just using them for more stability within a portfolio than than? Been moving over there for income. Now, now the rates are, are more attractive than what they have been for some time. So interest rates have been, you know, that we have seen a big sell off in bonds. So from a valuation standpoint, you know, bonds are more attractive than they have been yeah. for some time. Investors are a little uncertain about what's happening in equity markets, and they're not sure at what point central banks will stop raising interest rates, and that creates uncertainty about the over, over, overall sort of outlook for the global economy. And with those sort of rates that are offer on offer, then you know, global bond ETFs. Even New Zealand bond ETFs and cash, you know, represent some some great value. At the moment. And, they'll, and they'll still kick off income. Absolutely. Yep. And and then as as some of those uncertainties subside and investors want to get back into equities, they'll yep. sell those cash and bond ETFs and move back into equities and pick specific equity markets. One of the things we have seen you know, more recently is in an environment of uncertainty where investors want to remain invested in equities, they look towards say U.S. ETFs, you know, large cap good quality sort of names as, as a defensive sort of exposure to, to equities in general. And the other ETF that we are looking at launching, which I forgot to mention earlier, uh, was was a US hedged ETF. So it gives you um, instant exposure to the you know the five hundred companies on the S P five hundred, really cost effective exposure. But if you have a positive outlook for the New Zealand dollar or you're a little bit concerned about the outlook for, say, the US dollar, then you can invest into the hedged option rather than unhedged option, and that can make a big difference in, yeah. in the returns to your portfolio. I know. I, I was going to ask you about some more, will there be, do you think, more exotic ETFs coming up where you can take a view, have a kind of have an opinion and make a bet on it with an ETF, like, a, you know, these inverse, I don't know if you ever saw the things where if the market goes down, your ETF goes up, all that type of stuff. Do you see a, a world where that happens in New Zealand? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And look, there's the trend that's offshore. Yeah. And what we're seeing in, in, in terms of the take up in ETFs in New Zealand is very much behind, you know, or, or I guess lagging what we've seen internationally. Yeah. We have focused on those core ETFs first because that's where the initial take-up is happening. But as people become a little bit more comfortable with using ETFs, they've got well-diversified portfolios, they start to look for more specific investments. They look for leveraged investments. And so we can make those available and we're likely to bring out some more of those themes. And, you know, some of the the new areas that are also coming out are active ETFs. So, you know, where the portfolio is managed for you and um, the other ones where I'd like to to come out is, is, is to produce an ETF that gives you a uh, a multi-asset fund, so a diversified exposure. So using our internal sort of smarts to build portfolios, much like your KiwiSaver, yeah. so we can build you a balanced fund that's optimised um, using you know, multiple ETFs, but you can buy that with one trade. So buy a balanced ETF, for example, and then build your own stock picks um, or your own asset allocations around that. 
Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, it sounds awesome. It sounds like there's some very cool things happening with smart shares and ETFs in general. The market's really getting on board with all of that. We'll move the conversation more. I guess a few fun questions to, to wind it down. What, what What's your favorite hobby outside of work? Oh, that, look, that'd have to be surfing. I, I, I guess as a risk taker, sometimes you know, surfing sort of uh, fits quite comfortably that, with that. But you know, surfing is one of those things that when you want to get away from work and just sort of take things you know um, off your mind, there's no, no better place than to be in the water. Awesome. Favorite investing book that you've read or, or referred to? Oh, look, there's a book uh, called uh, The Devil Takes the Hindmost, written by Edward Chancellor. It's a little bit of a textbook, but it's it's really well written, and it goes through all the booms and busts in history, you know, going right back to 1600. So we're talking like tulip mania, uh, South Seas. Um, yeah, there's some some really good stories in there. Yeah, I, I love the book. In fact, I, I sort of found myself reading some of the footnotes, um, um, <laughs> which is probably yeah. a little, little bit uh, <laughs> getting a little bit going a little bit too far. But look, it's 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 pulling together a whole lot of other you know, excerpts from different books and putting in in a, in a and it's written in a way that's that's really really interesting. And and this is why it becomes really really important to make sure that you do have a well diversified portfolio. You're invested across multiple markets, and when you do take some stock picks, make sure you do some some research on those companies. Um, you know, we, we, we have seen um, you know, some of those more popular companies have some uh, you know, some really fantastic busts over yeah. time. So, yeah, think about capital preservation and, and, and you know, be well diversified. Now, this is kind of off topic, but let me ask you this. If on that subject of kind of boom cycles, secular moves and cyclical, I guess, long-term trends and the short-term movements within there, and who knows, right? But if you, if you have the opinion that things have been going up as interest rates have been coming down, what if this next 10, 15 year period is for the most part flat and there's these little cyclical business cycles when, up and down within that? How, what would investors need to do there that they probably haven't been doing before? Well, I do get those questions and it probably gives you a little bit of insight into how an institutional investor might build you know, a KiwiSaver diversified portfolio, so a balanced fund or a growth fund. You know, most managers will think about What's going to happen to markets over the very, very long term? You know, really, you don't want to look at at history as a as a guide, but over the very long term, you do you do need to expect that you know equity returns will be you know greater than than the returns on on cash and yep. bonds, um, and therefore you you do want to have a portfolio that is strategically so with the long term in mind investing into um, equities. Um, but also having some bonds and cash to kind of balance that out and and, and meet your sort of risk um, appetite and, and and tolerance for risk. Um, so uh, what you can do is is um, obviously over the short term, those uh, long run equity returns may not necessarily play out as you alluded to just a second ago in the question. But what you can do is is utilize the um, ETFs to be able to manage your portfolio tactically. So much yeah. like a company has st- strategic plans, you can also tactically manage that through time. And so it's sort of thinking about, you know, what are your expected returns on those various asset classes on various stocks over the, the one, two, and even up to three-year time frame? Because when you're thinking about your strategic allocation, you're really thinking, you know, 10 to 20 yeah. years. Um, and so, yes, you can certainly take advantage of, of investment cycles, um, different asset classes will perform yeah. differently throughout that cycle, um, and it really depends as to whether you're in a, in a rising economic or inflationary sort of environment. Um, you know, usually the early part of the cycle when you know stocks are, are underappreciated or underloved, um, you know, there's still a high degree of uncertainty around the outlook for the economy. Um, 
interest rates are, are usually starting to become quite low at that point and, and that can be some of the best times to be investing into equities. Um, so there are some opportunities there yeah. you, you can take advantage of. Um, very cool. Well, um, sorry to get off topic on the quick fire questions, but I'm glad we got into a little bit more of that. So Stuart, thanks for joining us and uh, uh, good luck with everything and uh, we'll keep an eye on the ETFs and appreciate your time. Great. Thank you very much. The information provided in this podcast is a guide and is intended for general information purposes only. The information is not investment advice. The information should not be relied upon as a substitute for detailed advice from a professional advisor. The podcast may contain opinions or forward-looking statements and actual results may vary from what is expressed in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of NZX. NZX Limited is not liable for any loss suffered through relying on the information in this podcast. NZX makes no warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information in this podcast. All intellectual property rights in the content of this podcast are owned or used under license by NZX, and NZX's written consent is required to use, redistribute, or reproduce the content, or use it to create other works.